Welcome to the Fit and Fierce podcast, a show to inspire and empower you and remind you that we're all a little messed up and that's okay. I'm your host, Megan. And in my personal journey, I realized that the fiercest thing I ever did was to ask for help. I no longer wanted my story to rule me. I was going to own it and share it. And throughout each one of these episodes, I want you to remember that being flawed doesn't make you less. It makes you more. Hey there, lovely lady. Welcome back to the Fit and Fierce podcast. Thank you, as always, for taking time out of your day to sit down or to move or to do whatever you are doing while you are listening to this wonderful experience that I had today in talking with my guest, Katie Calder. Katie is a human design expert, and she really dives into what is human design. Human design is something that I've heard about for a while. It's a design system that kind of allows us to see innately things about us that who we are and using it in a way, as Katie explains, to grow and become a higher version of ourselves and tap into the inner power that we have and use that to the best of its ability. And also seeing in life, maybe are there areas that don't serve us and how then can we use our human design type and the strengths that we have to release things that aren't serving us and really just magnetizing the things in our life that are the best and also looking at other people that we are close with and what what is their human design type? Who are they innately in embracing and loving what they are for who they are? Katie does such a fantastic job of finally explaining this free chart that I've been looking at for over a year and too many lines and numbers and colors and the importance of what why you should actually get a chart read, just like she talks about today. So if you have not yet heard of human design, you are in for a wonderful treat. If you have heard of it and like me, have looked up your free chart and have no freaking clue what any of that means, this is even more enticed for you. So sit back and enjoy. Welcome back, everybody. I'm so excited to chat with my guest today, Katie. Welcome, Katie. Thank you, Megan. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and tell the listeners just a little bit more about you? Absolutely. So I am a human design and intuitive guide. I'm also a wellness content creator, a yoga teacher, and I'm a software professional by day. But with all of these things, I'm really just here to not only better understand who I am, but through that help empower others to live their most embodied lives. So been on this kind of spiritual journey, self-development journey, all of it over the past, I want to say, three years or so, which has really brought me to human design and opened up so, so, so much. So, so a little bit, a kind of glimpse into a lot of different things that I'm doing. I was going to say, it's a very stark difference of software engineer and human design and intuitive and yoga instructor, maybe a hundred thousand percent. I know we'll probably dive a little bit into human design today, but that's, that's kind of who I am. I'm a little all over the place and, and it says it in my, like in every single type of reading or whatever system, it's like, that's how I function best by being a little bit 
over the place. So I think, I think it's fun to be able to have the very like opposite of the, what a lot of people call woo woo with um, software (laughs) and then have this other totally different side. I like to say a good, an even balance. (laughs) I was going to say what a beautiful place of actual balance. I think that we can be very extreme on whatever end one way or the other so what a great place to just meet in the middle and live both of those places in harmony. I agree. And I, I also feel that a lot of people, uh, especially when they get into, you know, a journey of any type a wellness journey, self-development journey, spiritual journey, it sometimes feels like, oh, my new self can't exist in tandem with like these former versions of myself and my understanding of who I am before, but really we can do whatever we want. We can be multiple things, people, identity. So if, if I do anything, it's to like flip the script on understanding that you don't need to drop anyone and morph yourself into this one new identity that you think is you. Like we we're constantly evolving and growing and expanding and we can do that throughout the different roles we play in life, but that doesn't change who we are or how we show up. I'm very happy that you spoke on that, Katie. And change always is scary. And diving into things can be very terrifying as well because it's leaving something that is familiar. And sometimes I think when we start, especially a spiritual journey, you have to give up everything that you were taught or everything you believe or release all of these things that aren't that extremist place of spirituality, but you spoke so nicely on saying that's still a piece of you and you get to intertwine and make your path the way that fits what you were now and or before and what you're going to evolve and grow into. A hundred thousand percent. I know that you, you speak a lot with, with different people throughout fitness, wellness, all of that. And I, I think I find the same thing regardless on, on where you are on the spectrum of all of that. It's like whether whether on a spiritual path, whether you're on a fitness path, wellness path, it's like just because this thing is so important to you, whether it's healthy eating or um, working out or something, it doesn't mean that you can't also be the opposite, right? Like you were not just single beings who who have this one way of living and then if anything else that doesn't sit within that or fit within that mold. Um, It shouldn't have us questioning who we are or that we're worthy or that we're valid or that we belong. Right. So kind of giving more flexibility to just embrace and explore the potentials and understanding that when we prescribe ourselves to any, any identity, anything, even, even within like a system. Right. So I, I, do human design, but I don't think people need that in order to figure out who they are in order to, um, to like embrace their full potential. I just think all of these things are different tools to help us explore different facets of ourselves and then not only become comfortable and expansive, but like really feel more fulfilled and feel purposeful in our lives. We've talked about human design a couple of times, and I'm going to have you dive into this in a moment, but going a little bit off 
of what you just spoke Mm -hmm. on was one of the Instagram posts that I loved and resonated so deeply with me that you had was human design is not the answer. It's not going to solve your problems. It's not going to heal you. It's an aid in helping you to do so. And I think that I've attached very strongly in other ways of whether it's human design or manifestation or a diet or exercise, that this is going to be the thing that saves me. But ultimately, mm-hmm. it's that inner work that you need to do on your own. Mm-hmm. We all want a quick fix. Mm-hmm. I mean, as humans, we want someone to tell us this is going to heal your gut. This is going to, this is the path that you should be on. This is going to make you feel happy. This is going to make you feel enough. This is going to make you feel fulfilled. But the more and more we reach for things outside of ourselves, and I've done this in tons of areas in my life before, whether it's been on a healing journey, whether it's been um, with looking at a system like astrology, tarot, human design to help kind of put the puzzle pieces together. But the more and more we look for the other, we look for what's outside of ourselves, the farther we come from like, really knowing and trusting and like surrendering to the now, the presence, the that maybe we don't know where we're going. Maybe we don't know what it is, but that's okay. That's really okay. Um, and so uh, that like, I want to remain so firm in that my belief is not that you need this thing. And my belief belief is not that to force my own beliefs or what excites me on anyone else but just to use it as a tool because all of this is a tool to help us maybe unravel what we know in our hearts, what we know and what we feel and give us affirmation to continue to step into our own being even more. Such wisdom in that. I love that. Now, now that we've said the term human design a handful of times, why don't we backtrack (laughs) and actually have you explain what is human design? Absolutely. So, Human design is a a new kind of esoteric science, and it combines a number of traditions, include Eastern and Western astrology, the Hindu chakras, the Chinese I Ching, uh, the Kabbalistic tree of life, quantum physics, biochemistry, basically all of these systems into this one modern system that gives us a unique kind of peek into our soul's design, our blueprint, our energetic makeup. And from that, it gives us permission to show up as our highest selves and exactly as we are, and also most efficiently fulfill our purpose on earth. So it's kind of like this peek into our soul's contract uh, when we have zero conditioning at all. So when we took our first breath, when we came into the world before anyone told us how we should live life, who we should be, it's like, I like to call it and think of it as our potentials and as what's inherently ours and what's us when there's nothing else. And then also a peek into where the world might have conditioned us into be away from that or where we might be more receptive or empathic or uh, need to put more boundaries in around the world. So it's this super complex system. You can get a free chart on a couple different places. My personal favorite is called geneticmatrix.com, but other people also love mybodygraph.com. There's humandesignamerica.com. There's also jovianarchive.com. 
Uh, my one caveat would be if you do Jovi on Archive, try it on another one as well, because recently I've seen some difference. Jovi and Archive does not always match up with the other ones. Mm. But basically, you can get your free chart by by knowing your uh, birthday, birth time, and birth location, and you'll get this this very extensive and in-depth chart that has all of these colored and uncolored triangles and squares and all these numbers and lines and glyphs of all the planets. And, and it looks super, super complex. But within all of that, every single thing contains a little peek into your soul, a little information on some of your gifts and your qualities and, and ways to not only see that, but also a strategy and how to best live and step into your life and make decisions based on your unique strategy, not anyone else's. So um, within all, I love systems. I love understanding systems. I, I think that they're fun and they help me better understand myself or at least help me reflect on myself more. And with human design, it's the first thing that not only has told me who I am, and been like, yeah, that's me. But it also has given me a way to move forward with it. So that's what I think is so, so cool. And why a lot of people have been drawn to it recently. I love all of those system tests, whether it's your birth chart or human design or astrology, whatever piece that you're kind of using Enneagram, using it in, but, mm-hmm. and how you said it to say, it's just helping me to understand maybe me. I love also the ability to help it understand the people that are around us and maybe mm-hmm. great ways that we can interact with them or saying, okay, my loved one or somebody close to me is reacting this way. It's not that they're trying to jab at me or aggravate me, but that's mm-hmm. innately some of who they are. It's helping to accept them a little bit better. Yeah. To understand the other. And, and that's, kind of in short what you just summarized is what human design is because it doesn't human design and the system does not exist alone without anyone else it's a system so they're the first thing you know if you know nothing else is your energy type and to understand your energy type that has to do with how you interact with the other so like if you're alone your energy type isn't going to do anything you don't have anything to react or interact with but when you understand how everyone's aura energy interacts with others and then all the other stuff, it's like, Oh, okay. Well, one, I don't have to change this person or I have, or have to worry as much about why I'm not like them, but it just like, it gives so much more acceptance and understanding. And I think compassion towards everyone and knowing that, you know, we're all unique, but we're all the same. And so, our route at whatever might look different, but we're all looking for the same thing. We're all looking for love. We're all looking for acceptance. We all want to feel purposeful. And it's just like letting go of the reins of that needing to look like anyone else and embracing what's right and what feels the best and what's uniquely yours. Hmm. Can you run through, I have taken a few free online or the online human design mm-hmm. tests and I have no clue what any of it means. It's like you said, it's very overwhelming. Can you run us through what are the energy types? What does the profile mean? What does basically, when you take a test, what is it telling you and what does all of that mean? 
Absolutely. So do you want me to start with going through, like briefly through the energy? Yeah, please. Awesome. So the first thing you see is when you do your test, you find your one of five energy types. And these uncover the aura you have. They show you a strategy with how to best share your energy with the world. And they also point to an authority that helps you correctly make decisions for you. So the types show general kind of overarching themes, but they only scratch the surface and uncovering the blueprint of all that's you. So I could talk for hours and hours and hours, like with any single person, it would take me days to even scratch the surface on their chart. Um, But uh, within that, if you don't know anything else, it's, you know, your energy type. And so there are five types. Three, we refer to as energy beings. These are manifestors, generators, and manifesting generators. And then two are non-energy beings. And these are projectors and reflectors. They, it doesn't mean that you don't have energy if you're a projector or reflector. It just means you don't have consistent access to the sacral, the life force energy. And uh, it, it just changes the way that you interact with the world a little bit. But within that, manifestors are where I usually like to start. So manifestors are about nine, eight to nine percent of the population. And these are the people that are just here to do it. They're the only type who's here to initiate and they're self-starters or visionaries. Manifestors are historically all of the kings and queens, the ones who started the wars, the people that Um, were the leaders, but not necessarily the ones that are here to do and follow through on the work. They're here to start. They're here to invoke change. And our entire world has been conditioned by the manifestor. So entire world has been told that in order to be successful, you just have to go do it. You have to initiate. You have to start things. We're really the strategy to inform. So inform others what you're going to do and then just do it only works for the manifestor. And so that's our first type Um, manifestors. I often see them playing small or not embracing their full, full power, because if you're born into the world as a manifestor and you're a child, you're not here to be told what to do. (laughs) And when you have parents and your parents tell you, you have a certain bedtime, like the manifestor is supposed to tell themselves and have their own bedtime. Um, So uh, the strategy is let people know your intentions and then just do it because life becomes so much easier when you keep others in the loop and the people that are, are in your life they, and that will be impacted in it will, will either come behind and support you or they can get out of the way. Um, so that is the first type. And our second type are generators. And generators are around 37-ish percent of the world. And generators are like these sparkly magnetic beings who are literally here to learn what you love and unapologetically go after what lights you up. So when generators are lit up and are in love with what they're doing, they actually generate more energy to do that work and to also empower and, and give more power to everyone around them. So strategy for the generator is to respond so because of the generator's aura they constantly have something to respond to whether it's walking down the street and seeing a flyer that says 
start a business today, whether it's a friend texting them to go on the walk, whether it's an email, inviting them to uh, an event, like generators have things to respond to every day, all day. And so it's making sure that they are lit up by what that is and that it's correct for them. And then um, and then making taking the right action because generators are very uh, not only capable, but in the not self when they're not using their strategy and when they're not using their design to its fullest potential, they can get stuck in um, people pleasing in the shoulds and aligning and doing things that aren't correct for them. And so because generators have so much power, they can be taken advantage of. And, and this is just in like the form of energy. And if you're a generator and you are feeling lethargic or not lit up or whatever, just know it's like your purpose in life is to do what you love and you light up the world by doing what you love. So uh, human design, that's like the first step in the deconditioning for generators. So from there, we have the manifesting generators. And this is what I am. And MGs are about 33% of the population. They're kind of a hybrid between the generator and the manifester. And they are trailblazers. They're here to make, break boundaries, multi-talented, multi-passionate force backed with the generator's drive and the manifester's ability to accomplish. So manifesting generators are inherently efficient and they're not here to follow a linear path or live by anyone else's rules. They kind of their strategy is like respond to and test the waters and then in everything that lights you up and then listen when it's time to let go and move on because manifesting generators inherently can move the quickest and they have the most energy but with that they've been conditioned by society to like stick to one thing and follow a linear path where really they're here to kind of dabble in all of these different things and they always get to where they need to get to, but it doesn't necessarily look like anyone else's journey. So when we spoke in the beginning about kind of the things I do, like that is so classic MG, like I'm doing software and human design and teaching yoga and what, and I've realized in my life that that is so important for me to stay inspired and stay lit up and stay excited because when I start just doing one thing and I, I know a lot of manifesting generators feel this way or prescribe to what society tells them to do or prescribe to the shoulds, um, they actually lose, lose life force energy. They feel stuck. They feel lethargic. They can start getting gut issues. So manifesting generators, you're here to just like generators go after what lights you up, but then once you respond to know when it's time to let go and move on. Um, and so then we move into projectors and this is the first of our non-energy beings and projectors are about 20% of the population and they're here to manage and guide and direct the energy of the other types. So the strategy for projectors is to wait for the invitation. And I speak to a ton of projectors and it's like, wait for the invitation. What does that, what does that mean? I can't just go after it. And when a projector recognizes their unique gifts first, recognizes what they see better and uniquely that no one else does, everyone will recognize that. They'll constantly be getting invitations and 
then it's really, really important for them to decide and determine what the right invitation is. So projectors are like, they're sitting on, sitting above the building, which often called them the birds that kind of fly over all of the other animals and can see the things that other people can't see. They're here to guide and direct and lead the energy of all the other types. And uh, it is just, it's so important to, for projectors to recognize themselves, to recognize that they do know. And with that, their brilliance will always be invited and will be seen as these kind of wise guides and wise leaders. Um, and finally, we have reflectors. And reflectors are 1% of the population. They're the rarest type. And if you look at the human design chart, reflectors will have all, everything will be white. So when we look at a chart, we have all these centers and every single center will be white. And reflectors are basically like wise observers in human mirrors who magnify the world around them. And they're deeply, deeply connected and affected by the cycles of the moon. So reflectors can quite literally become the other. And when they're in the aura of the other energy type, they can not only pick up, but amplify that energy. So they're these like ultimate chameleons. And something huge about reflectors is their health and well-being really reflects what's happening in the larger collective. So whenever you want to know how society is doing, how uh, the wider, wider collective is doing, you look at the reflector. How is the reflector doing in society? Because they're such a testament to what's going on around them. And the reflector's strategy is to wait a full moon cycle to basically make decisions or, or commit to that decision. And I always say, you don't have to wait a full moon cycle for the little things. Like if you want to have this for dinner, you don't have to wait a full moon cycle to figure out <laughs> if you want that, right? Like that's just not going to work. It's for the big things because, because the reflectors are such a mirror. They can be let's say that reflectors go to a dinner where everyone's a banker and everyone loves banking reflectors suddenly like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm a banker too. I want to be a banker. And like decides that night that they're going to become a banker. Probably it might be reflecting the people around you. So for those big life altering decisions, it's like check in throughout a month. Is that still who you are? Is that still what you want to do? Um, and so these are all learning. And that is just, just, tiny scratch the surface for all of them because learning about your type should feel expansive rather than restrictive. It's like you are capable, magical, boundless. You are perfectly and uniquely you. And it doesn't talk about your personality. It doesn't even talk about uh, much of, other than just your aura type and how that interacts with the other aura type. So Within that, and I'm just going to touch really briefly because you'll see in when you get your chart to the authority, and I briefly mentioned that, but your authority basically, it happens, you have your strategy, which tells you how you're supposed to interact with the world and the energy of the world. And then your authority, whether it's emotional or splenic or self-projected or lunar, that tells you how to make the correct decisions for you. So when you see that, you look at your chart and you're like, okay, I'm a 6'2 emotional manifesting generator. That means that your energy type is a manifesting generator. Your, uh, so your strategy is to respond and then kind of test the waters and 
decide how to move forward. And your authority, after you respond, and in order to make a decision, would be based on your emotions, based on your emotion center, based on riding your unique emotional wave. Um, so that is kind of just going over the, the very, I think the very tip of the iceberg for energy types. Mm, I love that. I'm like super engrossed in all of this stuff and like trying to figure out like <laughs> who is everyone around me and what is yeah. going on. I love that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's incredible and so fun to figure out like how, how, what everyone is around you and how, how you all interact best. I love also as well, the first time that I did this um, and had heard about human design was talking about just the different types. And then also I loved the more energy beings and the non-energy beings. Mm -hmm. And for somebody who really, really is introverted and feels worn down by other people. And then when I did my human design, I was like, oh, I'm a projector. Like I'm somebody mm-hmm. who is like, it, there was so much sense that was made in that. It's like, it's not just all in my head or something that I'm making mm-hmm. up. Like there's a lot of truth rooted in those feelings and in that space. And so, yeah, I love, I love that you just said that too, because projectors and there's so many different types of projectors as well. So do, do you know what type specifically you are? Like what your authority is? Um, I, my authority is emotional. Emotional. Yeah. So, because projectors, and when I talked about the, like, energy versus non in the beginning, projectors can actually have more energy than the energy beings because anything that's open in your chart, any of those white areas, so for you, any projector, reflector, or manifester, your sacral is open, you amplify the sacral energy around you. So if you're around a generator, a manifesting generator, which 70% of the population, so you're bound to be at some point, um, you ride that wave, you amplify that energy. So because of that, it's like you can have extreme periods of productivity and work and energy, but then you need some time to decompress and to step back from it. Like projectors aren't here to um, work consistently for like 10 hours at a time. It's like you do really well in kind of bursts and then letting yourself decompress. So when you're around all that energy from the energy beings, from sacral beings, it's like giving yourself some alone time, letting yourself come back to center. If you feel like a slight buzz in your being, it's like allow that all to kind of settle down uh, because it's really important for, for any projector, for any, any, any type in general, depending on where you are open, but for non-energy beings to really like take time alone to decompress, to um find uninterrupted alone time away from energy beings so that they can really come back to center. Uh, so that's where like, it doesn't mean that, you know, you can have very extroverted projectors and very introverted manifesting generators, but um, it more has to do with like noticing, how do you feel? How, how does being around these people make you feel? How, how is your energy? Like, what do you need for you? So, in general, projectors like need that time alone. Um, definitely need to recharge, especially when around a lot of people. Seems like for all of this, there's a lot of the need to really tap into what is your body truly telling you, and mm-hmm. honoring that. Yes, absolutely, absolutely, and noticing too. So uh, a lot of it is like noticing where the areas are that are 
strengths or like that are inherently you. So if you look at your chart, anywhere that's lit up, that's you. So that's you at your core. Those are your gifts. Those are your strengths. Those are areas that you are consistent 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Anywhere that's white, whether that be a center, which are those squares and triangles, whether it be a gate or a channel, whether those lines, those are areas where you're more receptive, open, where you have the ability to have the most wisdom, but also have the ability to take on or amplify those around you. So it's like if you're feeling, if you have an open sacral and you're feeling suddenly your gut is acting up, that's not necessarily meant to be yours. It's like, who, who are you surrounding yourself with? Or what, what types of decisions or um, types of work are you doing that, that isn't, isn't aligning with your being? There's so many, you know, everything corresponds to so much. And for lack of time, I'm not going to get into the body parts and all of that, but it really does. For me, it's, it's been like, okay, if I'm experiencing, um, let's say, I'll just use the gut gut issue example. I have a very, very design, defined sacral. It's like, where am I not doing what lights me up? Where am I not aligning to my power? Where do I know that I'm completely disregarding my sacral response? Because that's going to act up then, right? Any areas that we kind of do exactly what's wrong, the opposite of what's right for us or do what's wrong for us or um, kind of listen, listen to what others want us to do versus really knowing and trusting what's right for us. These are areas that might start to, to flare, to act up, to um, speak louder and communicate with us and try to get us our, get our attention. And there's uh, the words in that too, of just paying attention to uh, all of these, what, what type you are, all of these pieces. To me, it sounds like, yes, this is who you are, but also pay attention to then what happens when that becomes imbalanced. Because anything mm-hmm. I think for us works, whether it's your dosha that you know, or your moon sign or your sun sign, all of those work for you. But there's also that side of what happens when they're not working for you or what yep. happens when you're not working for yourself in that. Mm-hmm. Which is what I'm, I'm almost most excited about because when you see like, oh, this is your power. And I was talking to a friend the other day about she who also reads human design and she, it gave her such permission to embrace that power when she realized and, and recognize the areas that you're really playing small or, oh, what's not supposed to be yours? How do I put up boundaries? Or where can I, where is my mind, which is never the authority, which is never, in, according to human design, supposed to make the decisions, but what society tells us to make the decisions for. Where is my mind trying to override what my body is telling me? And for it's, so many of us, that's mm-hmm. almost that permission card or that pass to say, okay, then now whew, something, even if it's my human design chart says, this is not serving me. Okay. I feel better letting that go or releasing. Yeah. That. Permission to be you. Mm-hmm. That's, that's all human design or all these systems I hope really are. It's like, they should never create more fear. Should never be like, they're not telling your fortune or, or your destiny or things like that it's not voodoo so you have free will and you can choose to do with it what you want but what was very confronting for me is like when I learned it I was like oh I can't deny this anymore 
I know where I'm playing small or I know where I'm holding on to something that's not serving me or I know where I'm ignoring my own body's signs, et cetera. You know, the list goes on. It's like it just grants you greater permission to be exactly who you are and to feel confident with who you are is perfect. It's perfect for you. It's, it's you know, perfectly imperfect, whatever, but it's like you are not here to be anyone but you you are here to be uniquely you and that is the best thing um the most purposeful thing and the most empowering thing not only for yourself but for everyone around you when you step into that uniqueness katie can you speak to the importance of why you should get a reading versus what i did when i went online did my free chart and said okay i have no Mm -hmm. idea what any of this means Uh, it's too overwhelming for me to figure it out. I don't know. Absolutely. So, and, and again, I'm not here. Like you will get, I always say you will get a reading in the perfect time if it's right for you. So I have a million people who DM me or like, you know, I've been wanting to meet reading, but it isn't the right time. And I was like, it is, it's, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be, it's the perfect time. If, if you are meant to have a reading within any modality, it'll be perfect. But I think that they are so helpful and so transformative in a lot of ways because a lot of the language online within a lot of things um, can be like a little fear, fear mongering and can make you feel like you can't do something or uh, feel restrictive in any way. And really it's like, None of this should do that. It only should allow you to more fully step into yourself. So, and I think going even further, a lot of the language and a lot of the information online, since it is so new, is, I don't want to say incorrect, but just doesn't paint the full picture. It's um, very basic as if to like read, you know, a lot of people read their daily horoscopes and yeah, it says some stuff, but, you know, you have this whole complex chart that has all these different things and all these aspects in it. Just reading your sun sign horoscope, like, that, you know, it can be for millions and millions of people. Like, that's not going to necessarily paint the whole picture. So when you know what your greatest strengths are, when you can have someone really look into, oh, yeah, how, how do you... Um, say uh how do you feel heard when you're around this type of group or do you have people tell you all of their questions and all of their secrets because you have the gate of the listener or um are you really good with seeing systems and patterns or do you have just these insights that pop in your head that you're bursting to share but feel like they're not well received unless someone asks you to or Have you always been a recognized leader? Like all of these different potentials that are shown by your gates and the placements of the planets within those gates and your profile and, and being able to put that all together and then to paint a fuller picture and then allow you to be like, okay, yeah, I have known that. And, oh yeah, maybe I haven't embraced that. Or maybe I've been trying to be like this other person. Um, If nothing else and this is what I hear a ton in my sessions. It's like, oh, sigh of relief. Like, yeah, a lot of this I've known. I have known. 
But now it's like you are telling me and giving me permission that it's okay to step into that power, that it's okay to move on for the job that isn't lighting me up, that it's okay to uh, focus my career or my health journey in a completely different direction than what everyone on the internet is telling me to. I think that's that's why just like knowing how unique you really are, uh, any little thing blip that's going to tell you about a projector is not going to tell you that you're an emotional projector with your throat and your spleen and your root defined with a completely open G center. Like that's, that's going to be a completely different projector than has different centers, channels, gates, planets, profiles than you do. Yeah. To scratch those the free tests. <laughs> just, yeah. Just kind of showing that there is so much more magnitude. I think also having a reading, mm-hmm. you're weeding out the margin of error of me just picking one thing and saying, okay, well, like you said, it's not a blanket statement. Okay, so I'm a projector, mm-hmm. but that means many different things. I could interpret that in any way that I wanted to and then almost give myself more of a disservice than mm-hmm. using it to something that's going to be helpful for me to grow and become a better version of myself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I hear a lot like people getting frustrated from what they read online or feeling disempowered and it should never, ever, ever. If, if that's, if that's making you feel that way, you have the wrong source because you should only feel like more ready to step in and more empowered to show up exactly as who you are to your fullest potential. Mm. Where, if somebody is wanting to find you, Katie, if they want to get a reading or, listen to the amazing messaging that you are posting online. Where are some good ways that they can catch you? Currently my Instagram. So it's namaske, N-A-M-A-S-K-A-Y-Y-Y. Which I love. (laughs) Is my, yeah, one and two Y's were taken when I started a few years ago. So (laughs) three Y's it is. I think it's kind of fun though, but um, you can find me there on, in my bio, I have my scheduling system. You can always DM me. Uh, by the time this comes out, I might have a website. Um, I might have some other programs coming up, but that's, that's currently the best place and hub that can kind of funnel you into all other areas, whether, whether that website is up by the time this comes out or, or whatnot. Um, and from there you can book, uh, I usually have my schedule up usually like a week or two in advance. Um, and, and we can sign up for one there. If there is an availability, you can always message me or email me. Um, but that is definitely Instagram is the best way, Instagram or email, the best way to reach me right now. And everything will be in the show notes. So if there is a website by the time this airs, we'll make sure that that's being placed in there as well. So whether it's Instagram or that email or knocking onto that nice new website that will be up here shortly. You can get a hold of Katie and dive into just a little bit more of those readings and really understanding what all of that means and how to harness that. Absolutely. I end every episode with a couple questions, Katie. So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. They're pretty simple. I think you'll be, you'll be just fine. I love morning routines, but that gets to be a lot. So I've actually just like to ask people, what is the very first thing that you do in the morning for you? 
I open the blinds. Mm. It's the very first thing. Give myself natural light. Mm, powerful. And unfortunately, now it's getting darker and darker in the morning. I so. know. <laughs> I know. It's making me sad. Well, let's not talk about it. Yeah, okay. We'll play that on. We'll just pretend it's going to be summer months all the time. What yeah. would you say is your super weapon? My super weapon? I'd say making people feel safe to show up wholly as they are. So non-judgment, listening, but just creating space. Mm, That's a very powerful super weapon. (laughs) What does being fierce mean to you? I love this question. Being fierce is unapologetically owning who you are without the need to change yourself to become like any other person or without the need to prescribe your own beliefs or identities onto others. So I think that there's a lot of communication talk of like, you know, own who you are, be who you are, show up. But I think that's also in not needing to have other people be the same or not needing to become like another. It's like kind of twofold, but that's what, that's the, the fierceness to me is exactly that. That end twist I've not heard. And I love that addition. I've heard many variations of kind of standing up and being who you are, which I adore. Mm -hmm. But that piece of, and also everybody else gets to be who they are and I don't have to force mine on them. I we had a long, I had a long conversation. I went on a family vacation recently and we had a long conversation on authentic truth that brought in, um, it was a great discussion. It's like, but a lot of people feel like that means then pushing and forcing. And, you know, if I believe this, then I have to yell it down this person's throat. And it, it doesn't have to be that way. It means showing up, but also being, being okay if other people have different opinions than you and allowing them to share and feel comfortable with sharing that opinion. That doesn't mean you have to change yourself, but I think that there's, a lot to say in um, creating space for everyone to to have part in the conversation and to not contribute to so much divisiveness the divisiveness that's going on I think in our in our outer worlds well what a more clear ending to wrap up what human design is knowing that <laughs> everybody else is their individual unique mark and that Mm -hmm. is who they are and what they do and what they believe because that for them serves that purpose just as their human design type serves and helps and allows them to be their best and highest version of themselves. And likewise for you as an individual. Absolutely, Megan. This was amazing, Katie. Thank you so, so very much for being a part of this, for finally explaining to me what this free chart I have was and <laughs> what that means. I appreciate it so much. And I know that the listeners as well are getting some such great, solid information from you. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me on today. I'm so excited for this to come out and love all of the work and the important conversations that you're having on your podcast and elsewhere as well. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Fit and Fierce podcast. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes, subscribe and download so you never miss an episode and drop me a rating and review. 
It's the best way to support the show and to keep more episodes coming your way. See you next time.